Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of British American Tobacco PLC, ticker symbol BTI. We're looking at British American Tobacco as both a subscriber request and in part because they're currently paying out a very high dividend yield. They have about a 6.5% dividend yield right now and their stock has performed very well over the past year. Currently, they're trading for $42.35 per share and over the last year, their stock price is up 25.5%. Over the last five years, however, BTI is down 36% overall. Over the last 10 years, their stock price is down 20%. However, going back prior to the global financial crisis, over the last nearly 18 years, BTI has compounded at a rate of 5% annually. Keep in mind that this is not including the dividends that the business is paying out. And again, they have this very high dividend yield currently, and they paid out dividends at different yields over this period as well. BTI is about $5 below their 52-week high. They're up more than $7 from their 52-week low, and they are a large business. They have a market cap of about 76.5 billion British pounds, which is about 94.5 billion US dollars. So for additional background about the business, following the acquisition of Reynolds American, British American Tobacco is neck and neck with Philip Morris International to be the largest listed global tobacco company. They're slightly larger than Philip Morris on a net revenue basis, but slightly smaller on total tobacco volume. British American's global drive brands are Dunhill, Kent, Pall Mall, Lucky Strike, and Rothmans, and it also owns Newport and Camel in the United States. The firm also sells vapor e-cigarettes, including its Vipe brand, heated tobacco with Glow, as well as roll your own and smokeless tobacco products. The company owns 31% of ITC Limited, the leading Indian cigarette maker. British American Tobacco PLC was founded in 1902 and is headquartered in London, the United Kingdom. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the select six analysis, taking a checklist style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of BTI based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is an evolving process. It will continue to improve and get better over time, and it serves as an opportunity to learn in public. So with that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. This is because the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital, and over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns, and these business returns are captured here by return on capital. So by looking for a benchmark of 14% or higher, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. While BTI has increased their returns on capital over the last five years, they're still coming in at just about 8% averaged out which is just very slightly above that of an average business, but well below that 14% benchmark we're looking for. Unfortunately, this is an X to start off on metric number one. This more typical return on capital is also very different from their main competitor, Philip Morris International, which averages very high returns on capital in most years, averaging out at about 52% annually. Very different return profiles between two very similarly sized competitors, so this is an X to start things off on metric number one. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high-level overview of the growth of the business. We're looking for revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth over the last five years. And this metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for a check, or if even one of them is down, this entire metric will be an X. We'll also be looking at their last 12 months worth of numbers and including those in our calculations here. Over this time, BTI has grown their revenues by about 20%. 
Modest and pretty stable revenue growth throughout most of these years. Addressing their earnings in 2017, they had very atypical net income. This was because they had both an $11 billion income tax benefit and they had a $33 billion gain from their equities in 2017. So when we exclude those and we're looking at a more normalized version of their earnings, they have increased their earnings over this time. To put this in better perspective, their operating earnings have grown by about 40% over this period. So both their revenues and earnings are up. And then looking at their free cash flows, their free cash flows have actually more than doubled from about $6 billion in 2017 to now more than $12 billion over the last 12 months and in both 2020 and 2021. This is modest growth in their revenues and their earnings and very strong growth in their free cash flows. And this is important because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business and a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is ultimately what that business is going to be worth. So a business can use their free cash flows to reinvest back into the business, pay down debt, make acquisitions, buy back shares, or pay dividends. It's great to see that there's growth across the board here for British American Tobacco. Even better to see that their free cash flows are leading this growth. And this is our first check here on metric number two. The next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at British American Tobacco on a per share basis. So again, when we exclude their atypical 2017 and we're looking at their more normalized earnings, their earnings are up strongly over this period but their earnings are just the numerator in this earnings per share equation. So we also want to look at their shares outstanding. Over the last five years, BTI has diluted shareholders by about 11%. This isn't great as a long-term shareholder in the business because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that underlying business. This shareholder dilution was mainly because of their acquisition of Reynolds American, which they paid about $49.5 billion for. Even with this dilution, their earnings per share are up over this time. So this is another check on metric number three. Ultimately, as a long-term shareholder in the business, if you're interested in the company, you would just want to do the work and learn more about that acquisition that they made a handful of years ago to understand if that's truly added value to the company going forward or if they overpaid for that acquisition. Next up, metric number four is going to be very similar. Here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. Again, we learned earlier that their free cash flows are up more than double over this time. So even with their 11% shareholder dilution, their free cash flows are up very strongly. This is another check here on metric number four. And so far through our first four metrics, we have three checks and one X. Then next up for metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. We want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that they have produced over the last five years. BTI, as part of their acquisition for Reynolds America, had a very high debt load. They had more than $62 billion worth of debt in 2017. However, they've been steadily prioritizing paying this down over this last five-year period, and they've reduced their debt position by more than $13 billion over the last five years. They ended 2021 with $49 billion worth of net debt, and currently they have about $49.5 billion dollars worth of net debt which is a lot of debt on an absolute basis. However, over this time, BTI has produced more than $54 billion worth of free cash flow. And post that Reynolds America acquisition, they've had quite a bit of free cash flow in these four fiscal years and over their last 12 months. So it does look like the business is utilizing a reasonable debt load based off their abilities to produce free cash flows. And so this is another check here on metric number five. So far through five metrics, we have four checks. 
Then our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this will potentially give us a risk premium to the rate of the 10-year treasury yield and potentially give us another reason to be interested in BTI. Currently, they have a total enterprise value of about $144 billion, and we're using their total enterprise value here because it's taking into account both their market cap and their net debt position. And it'll give us a picture of the economic reality of the business that's more similar to as if BTI were a private company. Additionally, we learned that over the last five years, BTI has produced $54 billion worth of free cash flow, meaning that in an average year, they're earning about $11 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their nearly $11 billion worth of their average free cash flows by their $144 billion total enterprise value, that gives us an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield of approximately 7.6%. So on an average basis, this is above that 5% benchmark we're looking for. And so this is a check here on metric number six. Also worth being aware of is that the, over their last 12 months, they pretty much earned about the same amount of free cash flow as they have over the previous four years. So they brought in about $12.4 billion worth of free cash flow. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business, when we divide their $12.4 billion worth of their last 12 months of free cash flow by their $144 billion total enterprise value, that gives us a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield of approximately 8.6%. That's even slightly higher than what they're averaging. And those are both above the benchmark we were looking for. Again, this is a strong check on metric number six. Just because this is a check though doesn't mean that you're going to run out and go buy this business. This type of analysis is not financial advice and this is just one of our six metrics. While these metrics are simple, they're powerful when combined together, but we're not done covering the business quite yet. So as a bonus, one of the reasons we're looking at British American Tobacco is because of their high dividend yield. Currently, they have a dividend yield of about 6.5%. However, people make mistakes all the time by blindly chasing dividend yields. So it's important to stop and look at the fundamentals of a business to determine whether or not their dividends are well supported by that business's abilities to produce either earnings or free cash flows, depending on the type of business. We want BTI to be supporting their dividends with their free cash flows. And in all five of these fiscal years, not only has BTI increased their dividends that they're paying out, their free cash flows have also grown over this time as well. They've kept their dividend payout ratio pretty consistent and have maintained a pretty healthy margin for their free cash flows. It looks like most of BTI's free cash flows are either going toward paying dividends or paying down their debt. For the most part, they haven't been buying back a lot of shares, and they're only getting about average returns on capital by reinvesting into the business. Plus, with their close to high leverage position, it's unlikely that they'd be tacking on a lot more going out chasing acquisitions. This is likely decent capital allocation from their management, and you can definitely learn more about management strategy for capital allocation by diving into their filings and learning about the business in more depth. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that, in my opinion, is the main reason to look at an analysis of BTI, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for British American Tobacco, starting with their current free cash flows because those are so similar to their average free cash flows over this time, then projecting those into the future based off their historical abilities to grow their free cash flows. So if we assume that the business grows their free cash flows at a rate of about 5% annually over the next 10 years, and then that slows down to a growth rate of only 3% annually for the 10 years out after that. So giving a baseline projected estimate for the next 20 years for BTI, if we add in their tangible book value, which includes their debt, and if we were seeking a potential 10% rate of return going forward, then it looks like a fair value for the business is right around $40 per share. Please keep in mind that it's up to you to do your own homework to determine whether or not these 
Growth assumptions are going to be potentially accurate or applicable going forward for the business into the future. Also, a discounted cash flow model, just like any other model in any other discipline, is going to have its outputs be sensitive to its inputs. Deeper research into the business would help you come to the best inputs here. Also, this 10% rate of return would be including their dividend payouts. So again, they're paying out about a 6.5% dividend yield. We would not be doubly counting their dividends here, and that would be included in this 10%. Then most importantly, this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professionals. So in summary, BTI checks the box on five out of six of our metrics. They're only off today because they're averaging just about average returns on capital, although that is in very sharp contrast to their main competitor, Philip Morris International, whose average returns on capital are greater than 50%. Through their acquisition of Reynolds America, BTI has grown their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows pretty healthily over the last five years. Even issuing 11% additional shares over this time, they've still managed to grow on a per share basis. And they've been pretty diligent about paying down their debt to a more reasonable and more modest level over the last five years, which looks like they're supporting their debt loads with both their current and their average free cash flows. Then comparing their current and their average free cash flows to their enterprise value, it looks like British American Tobacco is potentially offering us an attractive risk premium on both of those bases. Also looking at their dividend profile, it looks like their dividend is well supported by their abilities to produce free cash flows, and they've managed to grow their free cash flows over this time, as well as increase their dividend payouts. They've kept a pretty steady dividend payout ratio over the last five years. Dividend payouts and debt repayment seem to be where most of their free cash flows are going. Then finally, performing a discounted cash flow analysis of British American Tobacco. If you've done the work and you believe that those historical growth assumptions are going to be accurate for the business going forward, and you're satisfied with a potential 10% rate of return, then it looks like a fair value for the business is right around $40 per share. Again, this would be taking into account their dividend yield, so it looks like their stock price would only be compounding at a rate of about 3.5% annually. There are a number of reasons why this would not be potentially accurate, so it's up to you to learn more. It's worth reiterating then that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor. Instead, this analysis serves as a beginning and holistic understanding to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about British American tobacco. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. Premium has a number of different features where you can track, buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can tailor your rating experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make research easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 99 bucks. That's only 27 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but they are currently running a general offer for $119. But if you use my link, it's only 99 bucks. So check it out if you're interested.
So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct this research as if you're going to own 100% of a business, and you can truly understand the underlying essence of the business and understand what's important and what's not important for that company going forward. So through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of British American tobacco, and you'll likely be able to determine for yourself what a reasonable and appropriate intrinsic value for the company will be. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of British American Tobacco PLC, ticker symbol BTI. Again, we were looking at the company as a subscriber request, and in part because they had a high dividend yield. So I'm happy to make an analysis of the business. And if you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about BTI with me, and have a great day.